What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. It's a Friday free-for-all here today on the Draft Dudes podcast. Kyle, what's up? What's up, Joe? Um, Kind of a la carte, right? Chance to kind of pick and choose as we please. Excited. Got a couple takes I want to get off. Ooh. You have takes you want to get off. I want to hear them. Well, I guess we should start with Janarius Robinson then. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So Janarius Robinson, edge defender from Florida State, we cross-checked him yesterday on the staff call. And he's really interesting to me. Uh, he's the kind of player from a tools and traits perspective. He's 6'5", 265, 34, 35-inch arms. Uh, ran 4'65", four, four, I think, at his pro day. And um, he plays the run really well. He does a lot of things. He did a lot of things in 2020 really well. Uh, and he played from a two-point stance at times, a stand-up role. Uh, he's played with his hand in the dirt. He's raw as a pass rusher. But, Joe, I look at his tools, and it's like, okay, why are, why are we not considering this guy to be a more prominent prospect in a bad, what is perceived to be a bad edge class? It's a good question. Uh, I think we've all, we all graded him in the third round, and I don't think any of us would blink about picking him, you know, in the late second, if you really believe on, on the traits. I think what it comes down to with a lot of Florida State players is they have been so poorly coached and things maybe got a little better this year, but talent has not been the issue at Florida state. They absolutely not. There's been talented football players, but they just don't ever reach their ceiling. I, I literally can't think of one of these prized recruits, really talented guys at Florida state where you can really go back and say, you know what? They really became everything they should have maybe Asante Samuel Jr. Like maybe he maxed out what he could do in college, but whether it's Tamorian Terry, whether it's uh, Joshua Kane Doe, uh, Hampson Nasrul Dean. I mean, I could talk about some of the, the up and coming players that still aren't there, but Robinson just kind of fits that. So he's this big time recruit. He doesn't ever have big monster numbers. He's playing on a bad defense on a bad football team, but the traits are there. And that's what we do. We, we look for traits and they they are oozing from Janarius Robinson. And so I think we've all kind of settled on him is that that day two edge that we would pound the table for and say, let's go after this guy because he's got a lot to work with. Right. So you, you look at Penn state edge defender, Jason Oway, who blew up the Penn state pro day yesterday. And you take his physical profile and you take his production profile, which is not anywhere near as impressive as his physical profile and athletic testing. He did not have a single sack in 2020. And it's like, okay, I I can bet on high-end traits with Jason Owe. But it comes back to me with like those diminishing returns. Like, how much more of an edge do you have if you run 438 at 256 or whatever it is? as a pass rusher versus a guy who runs 4-6. is still a really good, you know, depending on what your 10-yard split is, and 40 is yeah. not a measure for first step. 
Mm-hmm. And I do think Jason Owe has a better first step than Janarius Robinson, but is it two rounds better? When you look at a guy who you're still going to have a learning curve with rushing the passer, uh, and you get similar results, if not better results, playing the run. Because I think Janarius Robinson plays the run better than Jason Owe does. I think it's fair to say that Janarius Robinson is a better football player right now on tape. So there you go. <laughs> and that that's that the proposition I find myself asking a lot this yeah. cycle. Draft this player here or identify a player that I'm gonna get 90, 95% of. And Janarius Robinson is probably 88 to 90%, right? Because he, he's not as explosive. He's nowhere near as explosive. Owe had one of the most explosive athletic testing days we've seen from an edge defender in quite some time. This side of like Josh Sweat and Jadavion, like it, it was on that caliber of explosiveness. But Robinson, present, hey, man. You've presented a lot of, you've, you have presented a lot of really good questions like that. You know, if you were thinking about this guy in the first round, well, maybe not and just get this guy in the third round. Like, I think you've been really in tune with some good examples and kind of holding guys up against each other. And I think that's that's got to be what happens in NFL draft rooms, right, where you have to have those conversations, right? Like, what's the best value? That's why the draft always comes back to value. And and I think that, I, yeah, I would much rather – pick a different player in the first round and take a swing on Robinson in the third round, as opposed to away in the first round where you have to take him if you want to have. So that's the first thing on my mind today. Well, I, do you want to parlay that into a second outstanding talking point or uh, I no, got some stuff no, too, but... you, you, you're equal. You know, I'm not your superior. We're equals here. So I'd like to hear what's on your mind. But you've been on such a roll, man. You know, I just didn't want to take the momentum. I want to know what you think about the Giants, the New York football Giants, and what they've done this offseason to surround Daniel Jones. I'm not talking about John Ross, but Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph is here. They've added some veterans here. Um, Even, I don't know, Mike Glennon doesn't matter, but, like, he's at least a, a guy that in the room that would be helpful to him, I'm sure. They get Nate Solder back. You'd like to think that Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert will be better this coming year. Like, have they actually done it? Have they presented a scenario where we can honestly say, stand and deliver, J- Daniel Jones. Like, this is this is everything you need to be successful this year. Obviously, the defense is returning very good. They've added to that. Our Dory Jackson's now part of this secondary. That certainly helps them make up for the black eye that was DeAndre Baker. Got a lot of a lot of talent added to this roster. We've been talking Washington, Washington, Washington and the NFC East, but maybe we should think a little bit more about the Giants. Yeah, you get Saquon Barkley coming back from injury as well. Yeah. So I think if they add a high level pass rusher and a day two wide receiver, this roster can make a little bit of noise, provided Daniel Jones makes a leap. I don't think Daniel Jones can play the caliber of football that he did last year, and the Giants expect to win more than eight games. Uh, but this is a respectable roster. Yeah. I definitely think so. And, and you know, they've, they paid for it, but Dave Gettleman was almost gone at the beginning of this off season. So now's not the time to get cute or be thrifty or, I mean, you got to go get some guys and, and yeah. Dave Gettleman's done that. 
So I'll be I'll be fascinated to see what I like some of the core identities of this roster. Uh, I don't like their quarterback situation. Um, so it's it's going to come down to uh, the one you came to the dance with is going to determine whether you go home happy or you go home sad. If you're Dave Gettleman, and this was the quarterback he chose to invest in, it's year three. Go get him one of these really good day two wide receivers so that uh, you can just reaffirm this is a no excuses year for Daniel Jones. And you're either going to sink or swim. And if you sink, you're going to be gone, Dave. But if you swim, then more power to you. Then, then let's see how you move forward with it from here. And I've really been on the offense, offense, offense for the Giants at pick 11. But now I'm I'm at the point where it's like, go get Aziz Ojolari and get an impact edge rusher right. for this football team. Right. And I know you, you were there like sooner than I was. But now that I have Galladay in the mix here, Kyle Rudolph's here, got young talent in the offensive line, Nate Solder's coming back. Like, yeah, go get that dynamic pass rusher. Make that defense even more of a strength. And if Daniel Jones is stagnant, then it's time to <laughs> time to move on. So that's a good marriage between the two talking points thus far because we had our scouting staff meeting right after the numbers came in for Jason Owe. And we said, okay, what's what's the expected draft range for Jason yeah. Owe now with his traits and his premium position? And we kind of settled on like 11 to 27. Yep. New York Giants picking at 11. The Baltimore Ravens picking at 27, having lost both Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Is picking Jason Owe for the New York Giants in a must-win season a Giants doomsday scenario? Yes. Especially if Aziz is on the board because Aziz is a much better pass rusher and he's got really dynamic gifts as well. He's just much more nuanced and technically refined as a player. So is Quiddy Pay. Yeah. So is Jalen Phillips. Yeah. All of those guys are better football players. But athletic testing. Yeah, geez, dude. You wouldn't rule it out. Gettleman's <laughs> picked some athletic freaks because they were athletic freaks before. Well, those are gambles. And if you want to gamble, Check out Bet Online, oh, wow. which is the fastest wow. and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Kyle. What's that uh that second thing that's been on your mind here on this Friday so, free for all? I dropped this in the draft dude Slack channel. Nobody said anything about it, which makes me wonder if you've actually watched it. Or Kyle, we're not awake. It. We're not awake when you're dropping this stuff. Maybe Shuby is because he's you know he's three hours behind, but I, yeah. I'm in bed, brother. To be fair, it is a TikTok. And a lot of the TikToks I send you guys <laughs> are useless fodder. Which I never click on. So it just got lumped into that same group of, oh, this is Kyle Board sending us something. Yeah, but when I'm funny, so I put and, it to the I find, and I find outrageous TikToks, I text them to you. I didn't text this to you. I put this in the Slack channel. It was work-related. It's all the same to me, Kyle. It's, it should not be. And that's your first mistake. Listen. So <laughs> it's it, it is a... 60-second or so commentary from Logan Paulson talking about 
Sean McVay's perspective on roster construction. And the, oh, I wish I would have watched this. It's cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's. <laughs> wow. That sounds really interesting. Kyle. It's entitled the truth about NFL players. So I got it here. And Chris, you can tell me if the audio, audio quality is too doo-doo to use, but I want to try and play it off of my phone and let you guys listen to it. And then we react. To Are it. we allowed to do this? Why would we not be? Well, you know, it's somebody else's work. You know, you got to be very careful with how you handle these kinds of things. All right. So it's on a TikTok account from Steve McGrath Jr. All right. You've given enough credit to where I think we're okay with this. Go like, ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Logan, Logan Paulson is the individual and he's talking and I don't know what the, let me check the comments, see if there's a thing about what specifically it may or may not have been from. So the account is Steve McGrath Jr., the truth about NFL athletes. Or we could just skip it and tell everybody, drop a link in the description, tell everybody to go listen to it. We might do that as well. I haven't decided <laughs> what we're going to do from a production standpoint yet. So pretty much the, the commentary from Logan Paulson in, in the event that we do for copyright purposes, remove the audio. Sorry, Chris, for making your job more complicated is... Sean McVay stating that there's only about five guys on every NFL roster that could play at a high level on any NFL roster. So 85, 90% of the roster is effectively scheme fits and fodder. And then you have your transcendent players and you think about how the the Rams have done roster construction and it's like, okay, can we get a couple extra transcending guys can we get eight transcending guys and then just kind of embrace the rest of the guys who are just kind of scheme fits, their replacement level players, et cetera. Let me just tell you, I hate, I hate everything about what he said. I do. I really don't like it. I think NFL it's, if that's really what you believe, then you are, are missing critical components of roster construction that are centered around having a balanced roster and having depth. And, and and the Rams have em, employed this strategy, stars and scrubs. Like it, it is personified within the roster that they have. But I always look at this roster, and I think I think that's what's going to hold back the Rams. I honestly do. It's because they aren't committed enough to fielding a complete roster, and they don't like that's gonna that's gonna be so bad across the NFL to just know that if you go to LA and you're not Donald. Ramsey, who else? Whitworth, whatever players they you think are Stafford there. in that bucket. Sure. Whatever guys they've identified as these five, that you're just a body. You don't matter to them. I think it's terrible. But can you win with it? Because if you, win, if you win one Super Bowl with it, then it's worthwhile. Man, I just don't know if I buy into it. But can you win a Super Bowl with it? I mean, if your five guys are the best corner in the league, the best defensive lineman ever, you know, a really dynamic offensive scheme, you got an elite left tackle. Like, to their credit, they're, and they're good coaching. Sure. Yeah. And they've done that. It, it, I mean, Brandon Staley was a godsend for them. Like, that guy's going to be a star coach. He's not here anymore. I don't know, man. Nervous. So the, the, going back to value propositions, it's would you rather have what Jalen Ramsey or a 
above average corner and two better quality offensive linemen. Probably the second one. I want more good players. I think the, the, the biggest, I can get on board with this roster construction theory, but the biggest downside is one injury can derail your mm-hmm. entire season. Mm-hmm. Because if you have five defining pieces and you pay five defining pieces and the rest of what you employ is day three rookies that are cheap labor, that are scheme fits, but maybe young and inexperienced or long in the tooth veterans who are going to come at a cheaper price on short one year deals just to kind of prove it and see if maybe they can win a Super Bowl with a competitive team. If you have one injury to one of those five cornerstone pieces, like you're in trouble. Your season can very quickly turn south in a way that you might not be able to return from. So that's the part about this ideology that is has me most apprehensive, but like I never really thought of it that way. The way that that Logan Paulson verbalized what Sean McVay had discussed with him and like yeah, we always knew the Rams were stars and scrub, but I thought it was at least interesting to hear yeah. like that vocalization of like, you might be a starter for the Rams because of what they asked their players to do, but you you probably can't go play anywhere other than one of these other teams that implements the same coaching tree, which we see that. How many times have you seen Patriots players go to Houston or Miami or Detroit and he did yeah. just bounce back and forth as the Belichickian disciples. Tennessee, you could put Tennessee in there with Rabel. What does Dre Harris always tell us? Scout the scout. Logan Paulson is a middle like from, from Sean McVay. Right. Well, I'm sure Logan Paulson's going to buy into that more. I, I want to hear, I would love to hear Ramsey or Donald talk about that. And see if, like, you know what? They think to themselves, yeah, I kind of wish I had a little more help. And they're paying guys. Like, I hear, but they're paying Leonard Fournette. They're paying him like he's an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Obviously, they let John Johnson walk. Leonard Floyd gets us again. What did I do? You called him Fournette. Did I really? Yes. Poor what guy. Was it? Hold on. <laughs> Let me let me find the jar that we're gonna have to put a dollar in for, for Joe. Give me a second. I'm like, what did I do? Kyle's pointing at me on the video. Well, and I'm no, like, no, no, he's pointing at me as if like I know what he wants no, me to do. In I wanted spot. to bring it to your attention because two weeks ago yeah. Joe said Leonard Williams, and I'm like, ooh, you said Leonard Floyd, <laughs> and then we went back and listened to it. He's like, no, he said Leonard Williams. You just weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so we've gone time, down this road before. This time I got it. Shuby, did I say Leonard Fournette? You you did say Leonard Fournette. I was just gonna let you live in that <laughs> bubble for a minute, but you know what? We're here now, and you you messed up, my friend. You did. The only place to go from here is to tell you guys about Built Bar. We've been we've been pounding the table for Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is that amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with one hundred percent chocolate on every single bar. Now is the time for us to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and they're having a tournament with all the flavors to figure out which one is the best. We're getting towards the end of the tournament, so make sure you check it out. Go to BuiltBar.com or find Built Bar on Twitter to vote for your choice in today's matchup. And don't forget, remember, use our promo code LOCK15 
to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. So what team is Leonard Fournette going to play for in 2021? No idea. Hopefully not the Rams. Otherwise, uh, you will have become a prophet. But as yeah. long as they don't ask him to rush the passer, then then we're still all right. Can I jump in with something here? Yeah. There's been a critique this week of a lack of participation on my part. So I feel like I need to bring it here on a Friday to yeah, close out the do. week in style. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys. We did the the um, the cornerback show, I think, want to say a week or two ago at this point, when we talked about the top two guys in this class. And this week we learned the news of the Caleb Farley back surgery. So my question to you guys is, what does that do for the way you evaluate the corners right behind him, right? Does that does that push those guys up a little bit because they don't have this big medical red flag now that you have to worry about? Or are you entrenched in, this is what the tape says, this is what the film shows me, he's staying, I think he's seventh on the big board right now. Does he stay in that spot? So are you talking for MDM or are you talking for our personal rankings? Let's go your personal rankings. Yeah. Uh, it's extremely difficult to make changes to player grades for stuff you don't have the specifics for. Uh, and that's something that we've we've wrestled with in the past and in, in trying to get our heads around is you know, how do you calculate risk? Uh, and at the end of the day, us on the outside looking in, we don't have to account for risk because we're not making those decisions. We're not getting paid to pick players for a team. So what we should do and what we do do is we acknowledge what risk exists. We acknowledge red flags as they arise on players. We make notations of them. But a guy who has a first-round quality tape still has first-round tape even if he has two back surgeries in two years in Caleb Farley. So... It, you start getting into a slippery slope where it's like, okay, if you if you dock Caleb Farley because two back surgeries, even though they say this one was outpatient and like relatively minor, where do you draw the line? Achilles, ACL, broken bone. Like how do you, how do you distinguish what guys you should drop for an injury versus what guys you're not when you're not in on the medical meetings, you're not in on the doctor's appointments, you don't know. And that, that's one thing that NFL teams, every year there are those players who fall, tumble in the draft because of medical information that we're not privy to and we never could have possibly seen coming. So who's the Auburn tackle last year? Tagawanuhu. Yeah. Prince, so Prince, right? Prince Tagawanuhu. Um, everybody had him as a, a fringe top 100 guy. And I think he fell to the sixth. Had a hip issue. Never, you know, it was mildly reported, but the severity of it, uh, you had no context on. So we can't, in my eyes, we can't change our player rankings for something that we can't have an educated opinion on. So we'll notate it. We'll acknowledge it's there. We'll say if he falls, teams are not comfortable with this. But we can't change our grade because his tape is his tape. And that's the only thing that we can make acute judgments on. Yeah, tape and traits, there's nothing to really be concerned about with Caleb Farley, but right. I don't I don't know how to value that back stuff in, in my evaluation. So we'll keep it about the stuff we do know. Joe, did you have one more 
tidbit. I, I had another team that I was interested in kind of talking about, but we can do a prospect if there's one on your mind. Um, I don't have anybody on the forefront. I ha- I checked my two boxes. So if you want to talk about team, let's talk about team. Let's talk about Shuby's Jets. The Jets. And this whole idea that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to try to run it forward with Sam Darnold and not pick a quarterback at number two overall. Not going to, quit asking. Well, Shuby, look, we need, the, the guy has takes. We've been talking about it behind the scenes, it feels like, all week. And I want to, like, go on record here. Let's have this conversation, Chris. Like, are you buying this? Like, give us the predictive angle and give us, like, the what they should do angle. So I will continue to tell you guys, at least on air, what we've discussed privately behind closed doors, which is it is hard for me to believe. And maybe I've said this on the show, so I'll sound like a broken record and we'll take that risk. But it's hard for me to believe that a coach and a general manager are going to stick with a guy that they're probably going to have to stick with for at least two seasons because the 2022 quarterback draft class doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. You're going to have to stick with Sam Darnold for two years. And it's hard for me to believe that a coach and a GM that didn't pick that guy are going to tie their futures because if this team doesn't do well over the next two years, Joe Douglas ain't going to be there. And that means, excuse me, that means whoever the next general manager is going to be is going to want to pick their head coach, which means Robert Sala is not going to be there. So it's hard for me to believe that when you you have an opportunity with the number two pick in the draft to get your guy to refresh the window that you have with a quarterback on a rookie deal that these two guys aren't going to take their opportunity to pick their guy, whether that's Justin Fields, whether that's Trey Lance, whether that's Zach Wilson. It's hard for me to believe that they're going to ultimately run it back with Sam Darnold rather than get their guy and reset their window. I agree with you, but there's not a whole lot of support out there from people that are willing to come forward and say something about what they think are going to happen based on the perceived sources that they have. There's a growing belief that they're going to stick with Donald, which seems crazy to me. You and I had a good conversation about this the other day where it's like the real problem with that outside of obviously not taking your opportunity to go a new direction at quarterback, to pick your guy, reset the contract and all that at quarterback. You have to give Darnold two years. You have to pick up his fifth-year option and operate under whatever it's going to be, like a two-year, $29, $30 million deal or something like that, fully guaranteed, because if you think that there's a ceiling that's worth tapping into with Sam Darnold, then you have to give him a chance to let it play out because that's been the argument against Darnold and why he hasn't shown enough promise to this point. It's because he's had bad coaching and bad talent around him. What well, is that? Does the switch magically turn on in one off season because they've made strides, which we can, let's be honest, they've made strides, but it's still not. We got, we still have questions about this roster offensively at every position. There's still questions. You can so you convince, sign up for two years of this, right? You can convince me more of the argument of running it back with Sam. If it was the same coaching staff, he has right. to learn another new system. That doesn't just happen in one season. It doesn't. So you have to commit yourself to two years. And I don't know if Joe Douglas feels comfortable with that. I know I wouldn't, but to your point, Joe, there's a lot of noise. They haven't made the trade yet. The quarterback game of musical chairs is almost done. Who's left? Carolina is still looking to get a quarterback. Maybe San Francisco wants to get an upgrade. They seem contented to go into next year with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
I mean, I don't think the draft compensation necessarily matters, whether it's a two or a three. I, I don't think it matters for Joe Douglas. If he wants to move on at a quarterback, right. he's going to figure out whatever deal makes sense to get Sam off the roster. So I don't know if the compensation is what's holding this up. I think it's a case of they still want to see the pro days. They want to see Zach Wilson's pro day, which I believe is on the 28th in a couple of days. They're going to be able to see his pro day, and then they're going to be able to make a decision from there. So let's operate under the understanding that they're going to keep Sam Darnold, which means they're not picking a quarterback at two. Are we assuming they're going to try to trade out of that spot? Or is there a player they're going to sit there and pick? They should be on the phone with Carolina, in my opinion. That would be the team. Which or is San Francisco a wants to trade up and get their guy. Nightmare for for Miami at three, right? Doesn't have to be. Another it's team not ideal. Trade up. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It's not ideal. I can't believe they'd stick with Darnold. I just can't. But I, I, I do. I, where do you have spots? Like, do you have destinations where? For Sam? Yeah. San Francisco or Denver. Whichever one strikes out. Yeah. But the longer this goes, the longer this goes, the more it feels that they're leaning towards keeping Sam. No, they'll move him. They'll move him him shortly before the draft. They, They may. I don't think they'll get on the clock because then you've. They may have to wait until they get on the clock because San Francisco and Denver and New England and like all these teams that are kind of Carolina, they may want to see if they can get one of the big four first. Yeah. Sam may be a domino that has like, nobody's going to say, yeah, I'm going to pass on a chance to draft Justin Fields. Cause I can just go get Sam Darnold. Correct. Like nobody's, nobody's going to say that. Well, the jets would, <laughs> the jets would be saying that if they stick with them. Right. Which is crazy. Right. But as far as Sam Darnold's, I'm operating under the assumption that Sam Darnold's going to get traded. And so you're in, you're envisioning the Arizona Kyler Murray Josh Rosen situation, where on draft night Josh Rosen was the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. They took Kyler Murray with the first uh, overall pick, and then it wasn't until the next night that they traded Josh Rosen. That yeah. it's the exact same scenario, just all over a longer period of time. Playing correct, game. correct. Now I'm sure because I said that Sam will get traded tomorrow. So you're welcome. <laughs> but I, it just feels like nobody's going to give up because New York wants a top 100 pick for Sam Darnold. It's like, Reasonable. oh, yeah, let me let me just trade a three, an early three or a late two, and miss out on the chance to maybe actually have something big fall into my lap with a quarterback prospect that I love that doesn't have four years of wear and tear on him or three years of wear and tear on him. Man, to, I think the biggest risk with this, uh, well, there's so many risks, but one of the biggest risks of not picking one of those quarterbacks is, and sticking with Sam is if Sam stays the same and then Wilson or Fields become a star so, for some other team. Like, you have to live with that forever. Mm-hmm. And, it and will who cares? Probably, if- knowing Jets' ownership, it will probably be a fireable offense for somebody. And who cares if Sam Darnold goes somewhere else and is good? Who cares? You have the greatest position you can take ever he needed a change of scenery he was never going to become good here he had to go it's the ryan Tannehill thing i don't feel bad about the dolphins moving on for ryan Tannehill. they, they were engaged with him for seven years he was so beaten down and injury prone and worn out by bad coaching by the end of that seven year stretch 
good for him. He revived his career, he's become an extremely effective quarterback in the NFL. Still has some of the same limitations that he always had, but in a much better environment. And if we're being honest, the Jets are not going to give Sam Darnold the kind of environment to give him to revive his career in a year. Right. Can we just compare this to a current situation real quick? What's the criticism of the Chicago Bears in their quarterback situation? That they never got Matt Nagy his guy. There you go. The Jets aren't going to let Robert Sala not have his guy. Now, there's a different conversation to have, Joe, if the decision is Sam Darnold is our guy. And they make that decision. We can debate whether or not that was the right decision. But if they don't think Sam is their guy, Joe Douglas can't force Sam on the coaching staff. He can't do it. You have to take somebody else. You have to give the coaching staff their guy. Now, if LaFleur thinks, no, Sam fits our system, we're good, we can roll with this, then then they're going to stick with it. That's a different conversation that we have to have after the fact. But to me, you go down with your guy. If you're Joe Douglas, if you're Robert Sala, I'm going down with my guy. If that's Sam, okay. If not, you have to take a quarterback at two. So you're going down one way or another. Just who's it going to be with? It's always been a sinking ship. Might as well, you know, just (laughs) keep it moving. Speaking of keep it moving, we're done here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Another week of the Draft Dudes podcast in the books. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, a la carte smorgasbord of topics pertaining to the NFL and the NFL draft. We will be back next week with five more shows and two more live streams. So plan accordingly. Hope to see you then. Signing off. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.